Hello and welcome to another episode of the Wisdom of Friends podcast. Thank Thank you for tuning in. If this is your first time listening, then thanks for coming. This is a podcast where you get to learn more about your friends and community, their wisdom, their trials and tribulations, timeless insights and their secrets. Now, let's get into the show. Please welcome your host, Cal Aras. Hello, folks. Uh, Welcome to another episode of Wisdom of Friends. This is episode 10, season 1. And I'm really delighted to be welcoming Jim McLaughlin on the show. Now, Jim, over the past 20 years, has been on a journey to reinvent everything in his life. He had to. Nothing was working. All his strategies for making it in life were tapped out or based on weak assumptions. From being an unemployed, divorced, lonely, and cynical man at midlife, Jim has gone on to explore three different career tracks and has created a family, an amazing wife, and two wonderful teenage boys. He's now settled on executive coaching and management consulting as the career track that he was born and bred for. He helps business owners and their managers go beyond the obstacles that stand in the way of their success. Along the way, he's led a community leadership program administered by Cal State San Marcos. He has founded TEDx Temecula, a locally organized TED event. He has also founded a Toastmasters club and a gavel club for teens. He served on the board of trustees at his church and was recently elected president of the Temecula Valley Symphony. Friends, he has even emceed a fashion show this past spring. So we talk about in this episode about his journey, about not losing the enthusiasm when life distar all kinds of failures, or were they failures in the first place? Those were stepping stones that allowed him to learn some new distinctions about life and success. So this is one of the very interesting conversations I've had in recent times, and I hope you enjoy it. So please pull up a chair and listen in. And without further ado, let's welcome the one and only Jim McLaughlin. Good evening, Jim. Uh, welcome to the Wisdom of Friends show. I'm really excited and delighted that you took some time to be on the show. And uh, let me start off by saying my first impressions of you. I think it was almost 10 years ago when I attended a workshop on executive leadership that you and Margaret Bola had led in San Diego. And it was one of those uh, amazing uh, workshops that came at the right time for me in my career And we covered a lot of distinctions uh, as it relates to uh, the three laws of performances. But I think that one or two things that really stuck with me was your uh, listening of people. I mean, you were able to see the blind spots that most of us had in the room and you you were able to offer us some really concrete advice and tips that we could, actionable tips, let me add that, that we were able to go ahead and implement in our projects that we were working on and that was really beneficial and one of the distinctions that I remember still from that workshop 
was that performance of people really correlates to how situations occur to us. And it arises out of language. And I think the power of declaration and future-based language has got such a big uh, impact and power over how uh, the context is defined for us and how we can really create uh, amazing results. So, and having applied those distinctions to my life, I've had some really tremendous uh, success. So I want to thank you for that. And uh, so again, welcome to the Wisdom of French show, Jim. Akarta, thank you very much. Uh, it's very generous of you, first of all, to, to have me on your on your program. Uh, it's a real it's a real treat and a real privilege, and it's great to interact with you in in this forum. Uh, yeah, I believe it was about ten years ago, and I very vividly remember my first uh, couple of interactions with you. And and yeah, from there, it really has been a journey into that that aspect of you know the three laws of performance, and, and our, our performance really is a function of how situations are occurring for us right now in the moment. It's something that I get to work with people on every day. And it's, you know, it really does provide an access to something that, that, that isn't readily available as we're going through our lives on a, on a regular, sort of sometimes routine basis. And, and I also want to thank you for the acknowledgement of the power of listening and listening for what really what's going on. How, how are those situations occurring? What are those blind spots? Because it really is, you know, my, my background is as a scientist. And so I'm always exploring, I'm always mining for the gold and, and also looking for, well, where's that, you know, that ore, that Where's the, the rock that's in the way of the ore? And, and it really is a joy and, and, a, and a privilege. And, you know, we spoke earlier, you mentioned passion. And, and I think that's really where my, my passion lies in uncovering and discarding the, the rubble, if you will, uh, to expose the, the gold and, and the joy within us all. That's so great, Jim. So thank you for sharing that. And I appreciate it. Uh, so one of the ways we start off our show is asking our guest as to what is their favorite quote or philosophy that they live by and how have you or applied it to your life. So would you like to share a little bit about that? Yeah, I, I think my favorite, my favorite quote, it comes up over and over again. It's, um, it's from uh, Sir Winston Churchill. And he said, you know, success is going from one failure to another with no loss of enthusiasm. And I'm not the only one that has had, has had his share of, of failure, but there's just something really inspiring about, oh, without losing any enthusiasm, let's just keep on going. And, and so, um, yeah, it just inspires me all the time when I think about that. And just every time I bring it up, it just makes me, you know, makes me smile and, and brings forth just what, you know, what life is and what life has to offer. And no matter where you go or what you do or how it turns out, you know, just success is going from failure to failure with no loss of enthusiasm. I, I like that. And and for me, the distinction that really resonates with me as far as failure is concerned is that it's not a failure. It's feedback. And <laughs> secondly, uh, 
uh, it's not failure until you actually quit and give up. So there's always an opportunity to learn from it and uh, make a difference. So that's that's so great what you share about that. Uh, it's one of my favorite quotes as well. So uh, what I'm curious about, Jim, is uh, your journey up until this point. I know you are uh, an executive management coach and you've been doing management consulting as your career track for uh, the last uh, many, many years now. And uh, what I'm curious about is, did you always know that this was your calling or this was your passion and purpose? And how did that begin? And what was the journey like for you to up until this point? Oh, great, great question. Uh, speaking of failures, now, <laughs> now let's see. Uh, when I was a kid, when I was very young, I mean, this isn't going to be a long story. You know, that's, a, that's, a, that's a scary way to start a story. But I always wanted to be a doctor when, when I grew up. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it was driven by, and to this day, a strength of mine, or uh, yeah, a strength of mine is my curiosity. And from a, a young child, I always wanted to know how things worked, you know, what's beneath the surface, what's going on, uh, you know, from, from my toys, you know, taking, a, taking them apart when they were broken to figure out what was wrong with them and trying to fix them and make them work better. That's just always been something that's, that, uh, you know, it's just sort of the way my mind works, you might say. And, and being a doctor, it would fit within that pretty well, you know, how the human body works and you know, I had a lot of respect for, for people in the medical profession, you know, my doctor and wow, what a cool, you know, what a cool profession. And, you know, and then I got to college and took organic chemistry. And then I realized, wow, this is a journey that maybe I'm not really prepared for at this point in my life. But I, I learned that it was very difficult and that I was, I was going to have to apply myself in a way that I didn't know. I didn't know how. So, um, so from there, I I, uh, I got into I got into another field in the sciences just because I you know as I mentioned um, I was curious. So I ended up getting into geology, which is really the study of the Earth, and 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 if you if you understand it or if you'll you'll go with me on this, it's a, it's a study of what's beneath the surface, and I think you can kind of see where I'm going with this. Um, and what's what's going on down there, and, and how do I mine for that that data, and what do how do I you know what do I how do I piece together uh, a, a picture, a model of of how it's working, and, and how how things are how things are working down there, and sort of a three dimensional uh, conceptual or concept of of how that's working. So that's sort of the uh, the, the the career idea. What, what, where I was sort of, um, I guess, personally, um, you know, as very sort of logic, uh, left brain oriented, and a little bit, uh, yeah, let's just say I wasn't really much of a people person at the time, you know, I was very much into the, the logic of how things work. And, and what I discovered is that people aren't very logical. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> <laughs> they're not very rational, you know. They don't, yeah, and all that. So, um, so you might say I never really did develop a, a, a set of people skills or relationship skills. I mean, I got by. I had, you know, my my, clu- my few close friends, and you know, I'm a I'm an introvert, and, and that's all I need. You know, just a few close friends, people that I can have, you know, some uh, intelligent conversations with and debate with, and that that kind of a thing. And then I got to a point in my life where, 
Oh, I was, you know, at least that sort of the midlife crisis area where, where those strategies were, were kind of bankrupt. You know, I, I, I kind of tapped it out. I was at a point in my life where my, my career took a, a big transition and my, uh, my personal life, my, um, my marriage or my, you know, my personal life, my marriage came to an end, uh, after, after 10 years and I was left with, huh, wow. What 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 happened? It's like everything that I I held on to was was gone. I, I as I characterize it now, it was a very difficult time for me, particularly with the loss of uh, of my marriage. It was, you know, it was as though everything that I everything that I counted on was was now gone, and including a sense of my future. Mm. You know, I I really got clear on how important. How important the future is, because without without having a created future, if I could use that language, without having a future, what showed up was all of my insecurities and and how I, you know, the, the future looked like I was going to be alone, I was going to be uh, poor, I was going to be you know, struggling and suffering. Um, for for that's what my future my future looked like. So. Um, that curiosity I, I mentioned earlier also got me engaged earlier in my life in um, in psychology. In you know, so that that aspect I mentioned earlier about people. You know, there was certainly an appeal towards you know what makes people work, what makes people tick, why do they do the things that they do, and they don't really seem to make any sense to me. Uh, why don't they do it my way? <laughs> arrogance within myself. And and so I really started embarking upon um, partially like recognizing all right what what do, if I'm going to um, be if I'm going to have the kind of life that I want for the second half of my life um, what what's that going to look like and and how do I get some measure of control or or power over that so I began. Uh, immersing myself in you know the sort of the field of you know sort of personal growth and development, which I had been exposed to uh, when I was in high school. I I took a self hypnosis course, which just fascinated me. You know the power of the mind and, and that. So so I started getting involved in 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 that with with landmark education, and it really opened up and gave me access to you know some new possibilities for my life, some new ways of living my life on purpose. Rather than just going with the flow and taking life as it came, which was pretty much how I did my life uh, in in the past, and what that resulted in is is a new marriage, uh, two or three new careers <laughs> along the way, uh, and so I, we just celebrated. We're about to celebrate our 16th uh, anniversary with with my second wife. And and congratulations on that. Thank you, and we have two beautiful boys, um, 15. My oldest just turned 15, and my youngest is 13. And um, you know, it, it truly is a life beyond my my wildest dreams. Um, and and so I got into various other careers along the way until I landed in um, in the coaching world, which really came out of that whole experience of being coached myself, um, having the opportunity to dabble in coaching others and using that 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 perception or that that. And that ability to perceive and listen for what's going on with others and and having some success and making a difference with people and showing them what they haven't been able to see for themselves. 
and and really thought, wow, this is really um, it, it's a it's a privilege, you know, it's a it's a blessing, it's a it's a, a gift to be able to make a difference with people like that. And and ten years ago, with the tumultuous economy, I had an opportunity to look at what was next for me. And through, you know, you mentioned Margaret Bola earlier. I had known her for a number of years, and and I know she had been involved in coaching. And and I just I started asking her what what do I need to do? What's the path that I need to take to to you know sort of do what you do to make that difference, not in a well, let me let me not have it be a negative, but in a way that is like my calling. It's not something that I'm doing while I'm doing something else, but it's something that I'm I'm devoted to fully, and that's how I got to be where where I am today, if you will. That's so. A it was uh, certainly a lot of twists and turns, but um, you know, I think everything that I did along the way was something that that needed to happen for me to get to to get the skill set, if you will, that I have, that I have now. No, that's that's uh, nicely uh, shared, Jim. And as you can uh, predict that, I probably have a lot of questions regarding that, and uh, we'll get to that in a second. But what I, what I really like from your sharing, a uh, couple of things, the through line for me is obviously failure was never uh, something that stopped you completely. You figured out a way uh, like so many other successful people that I've talked to in the past on this podcast and that it's really a platform and a stepping stone for uh, more success, if you will. And uh, mm-hmm. for you, the journey began with a dream to be a medical doctor as that was your uh, uh, dream growing up. And then you got into geology and uh, one of the fascinations about geology for you was to see what was underneath or below the surface. And I must add, having interacted with you over the past many years, that you do have that knack of listening to the unsaid, if you will, in the communication. Uh, because, you know, when there is communication, there is a, there is a third component to communication, which is the things that are not said. And you have a knack for listening to that. And that's what I uh, wanted to acknowledge you for. And finally, it uh, looks like having gone through uh, the divorce and uh, and trying out different career tracks, you uh, stumbled upon uh, a program called Landmark Education where you got coached yourself. And then that brought you into the opening for being a coach yourself. And uh, so that's where we are at this point. And that seems to be very fulfilling and satisfying for you. Mm, to no end. Yeah, that's that's so great. Now, was there uh, so the question that I have for you is like when it comes to executive coaching and management consulting, uh, what specifically about coaching and consulting? Uh, let's start off with coaching for now. As to what about coaching that really speaks to you? Hmm. Oh, that's a good question. I'm going to have to uh, like reach for that a little bit. It seems like it should be right on the surface, right? So it has to do with it has to do with um, the word that comes to mind is is potential. Um, and, and I have to add, a big part of it is is I am such a um, a fan, if you will, of the organization, you know, business in, in particular as an organization. But, you know, the, 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 you know, what's 
possible and what we've been able to achieve uh, as, a, as you know as a species as a culture as a you know as a, as a as humanity what we've been able to achieve when we come together toward a common cause whether you're talking about a for-profit business or or, you know, or a non-profit but just what we're able to accomplish is just you know amazing i mean look at this you know technology that we're using right now and we're what at least a thousand miles apart right and we're having this real-time conversation uh, you know, there's, it's just staggering to me what, you know, it just the, the possibilities are endless. So there's 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 just what there is available through the power of people coming together around a common cause. And and what I look at with, you know, with coaching and and with management consulting, uh, which is really just another another application of coaching is. Uh, you know, a, a business and, and, and life itself, you may have heard this before, is, is really a network of conversations. You know, nothing happens without without conversation, without, you know, your customers calling you and asking you for, for another order, right? Or or engaging you to, to fulfill on a first order. There's, there's conversation and, and conversations within the organization itself to deliver on a promise that you've made to, to a customer, a client, and and the quality or the the health or the nature of those conversation dictates the quality of the kind of results that you can that you can produce. So, you know, it's kind of like going back to the medicine thing. I'm I'm looking for where is the dysfunction, where is the dis-ease in the organization that if it were resolved would increase throughput, would increase uh, you know, joy and happiness and, and productivity and all of those things that we all really, really want and really strive for and work hard for. But sometimes we don't know what's what's in the way. You know, I heard a I heard a great comment a couple of years ago. You know, we've all heard that 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 phrase, you know, you can't see the forest for the trees. Well, sometimes we've got our nose on the bark. we're not even aware it's a tree we're so focused on what's right in front of us that that sometimes we don't see where we are or where we're going and and that's what you know that's uh, one aspect of what coaching provides is that you know that third party's perspective that that ability to ask questions that that haven't yet been asked or yet been asked in a way that opens up something in the way of a, of a new possibility or simply a new way of, of approaching uh, a problem or a situation. No, that's so great. And I think uh, one of the things you mentioned earlier was uh, the fact that uh, most often people are in the process of going for their default future and they are so unaware of that, that there can be another created future and then I think as a coach, what one of the things that you do that I found to be amazingly beneficial for uh, for a lot of us managers and executives is the ability to bridge the gap from the default future to a created future that's more powerful, more uh, has a component of leadership and self-expression uh, to that. So. Could you could you talk a little bit about the default future and the created invented future a little bit for our audience? Yes, 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 absolutely. I spoke a little bit to the default future earlier when I was talking about you know my future of being alone and, and and lonely and and broke and and all of that. So 
you know, the, the default future is the future that's all that's just there. You know, it's there by default. And I think most people relate to the future as, you know, as a thing, as as we're, you know, it's something sort of coming at us and we're, we're moving into it. And, you know, Christmas is coming and things like that. We use in language as though as though we're on sort of this, you know, we're on this moving timeline and, uh, you know, we, we, we plan for it and we guard against certain things happening. But when we really when we really step back and, and look, you know, there, there really is, you know, I, I'm fond of saying there really is no future. Right. There's mm. you know, there's only, you know, we've heard this. But when you really get, you know, when you really get, you know, in your bones, as they say, that there really is only the present moment and then the future is a, is a function of that. You know, the future gets created moment by moment as you as you move through it. Now, certainly there are circumstances that show up along the way, right? Things will, people will, do, those people again will do things that are unpredictable <laughs> or, you know, it'll start raining literally or figuratively on, on you and, um, uh, and, and we must adapt. But there's so much power in, you know, looking at, you know, looking at a future and creating it from, uh, you know, from what is it that's important for me? What do I want to devote my life to? What is it that I want to devote my, you know, this coming year to, or the rest of, you know, the second half of 2017 to? What is the future that would, you know, if that were to happen, I would get, I'm, I, it, it would be just, it would be the greatest thing ever. And then, and then converting that into a plan and taking action. Um, to make that happen, because, you know, we've heard that that phrase of, you know, the self-fulfilling prophecy, uh, you know, you, you believe it's going to happen and it, and it actually happens. Well, you know, there's no that's no surprise that the future that we see, you know, you mentioned you mentioned how, that how situations occur for us uh, or our results are correlated to how situations occur for us where the future is a situation and how the future occurs for us. Uh, dictates or is, or is correlated with, meaning the actions that you take are always consistent with the future that you have in mind. So you can have the default future, which for me was a sense of you know loneliness and, and despair in that particular instance. Or you can look at, well, you know, what is a future that I'm willing to invent and create and have my life be about and share with people and remind myself of so that my actions are are, are consistent with that and that are actually going to cause that to happen to the best of my ability. Again, there are going to be circumstances um, that will show up and, and you're going to make adjustments and adapt adaptations to those, um, to those circumstances. So it's a very powerful way to, to, to live your life and to, to operate, you know, your business, your career, any aspect of what you are up to, um, in your life. Now, you know, I mentioned earlier, I was kind of up to, well, whatever comes along, I'll, I'll make the best of it. Um, and, and I'm not knocking that because there are times and there are situations where that may be the, um, the appropriate strategy. But, you know, when, when that isn't carrying the day anymore, you know, we want to stand up and say, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to make this happen. I'm going to make that happen. I'm going to, you know, I'm up for the adventure. You know, one of the other, um, quotes that's one of my favorites is the, the Helen Keller quote that, you know, life is a daring adventure or nothing. You know, there is no security in nature is, you know, how she begins that quote. And I just, I'm just so inspired by that. Now I want, I want life to be a daring adventure. 
<laughs> that, that is so inspiring, Jim. And, and for the benefit of the audience uh, here, the default future that we're talking about is also relates to the paradigm that we live in. And sometimes the paradigm is something that we are not even aware of. And it could be a programming from society, education, or culture. And, and that is our viewpoint of how the future occurs to us. And one of the ways that what Jim's talking about is creating an invented future or a created future is shifting that paradigm that is more empowering and uh, gives us a sense of purpose and then uh, creates a future that pulls you into that future rather than going just going with the flow. So, And, and that's something that uh, he uh, talks about in his workshops and coaching, which is so amazing and powerful that uh, people make significant uh, gains in their productivity and performances. So Jim, um, one of the things that uh, I'm curious about is uh, uh, your, uh, did you grow up, about your growing up years, now, did you grow up in California and uh, what I'm uh, wondering is did, what did your parents do and how did that shape your life? Yeah, great question. Yeah, I, I have lived in, with the exception of the four years that I attended college, um, I've lived in Southern California my entire life. I haven't found a good reason to leave. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's uh, hard to leave the Sunshine State for sure. <laughs> well, you know, it's it's home. I grew up in Los Angeles, and uh, you know, and and it, all that all that that city has to offer. I know not many people have a sort of a negative opinion of you know the traffic and the smog and blah 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 blah. blah. But it's you know it's it's uh, it's fairy tale land it's a land of unlimited possibilities and and you know and, and it's my home and I, I but i've lived in san diego i've lived in orange county i currently live in riverside county um i was uh in, in my parents uh starting uh, going to that that part of your question my parents um moved to california from ohio in the 50s and and pretty much never looked back you know they were out for the land of you know the land of opportunity within the united states and you know creating a new life for themselves saying goodbye to the snow and and saying hello to to the california sunshine and um my dad was uh was an engineer uh electronics engineer so he worked in the space program throughout the throughout the 60s and into the early 70s Uh, my mom was mostly uh mostly a stay-at-home mom she had a couple of a couple of jobs here and there. She did some teaching at the school I was at. She was a, um, yeah, uh, she was a teacher at school as I was and I just said that, and uh, and um, yeah, was pretty much dedicated uh, dedicated to raising my sister and I. My sister is a little older than I am. She's about three and a half years older than I am. Uh, you know, we grew up in a little house in the valley, and uh, and just had you know kind of an idyllic uh, uh, an idyllic uh, childhood. Um, the, um, you know, the end of their lives was, was a little bit kind of, kind of tragic, uh, if you will. They both died younger than they, than they really should have. My mom, unfortunately, was an alcoholic. And, but there's a lesson in here. I don't bring this up to be sad, but, but it was a, it was a big lesson for me. My mom, uh, her whole life was dedicated to, to raising us kids. And when she left, or when, rather when my sister and I, you know, moved out and got on our own, she kind of lost her purpose and, you know, kind of as I characterize, she kind of climbed in the bottle, you know, and she didn't really have, uh, as, as I characterize it, a strong purpose for her life. And, and to me, that is just such a, a demonstration of the importance of, of having a future for yourself, having something to, you know, to dedicate uh, your life and your, your energies to. 
Um, you, you know, not everybody's gonna gonna have the difficulties that, that that she did, but we all have our challenges in one way or another. Our you know our our, our insecurities, our proclivities, our, our paradigms, as you mentioned, and many of our paradigms are related to who we are. Um, you know, who we are for ourselves, who we are, or what we're capable of, and um, and yeah. So just just the power of having something to to vote yourself to, 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 that's bigger than, you know, bigger than you are, uh, to, to, to challenge you, to, to engage you, to have you engage in that uh, daring adventure. I was, I was speaking to earlier, but you know, the, my parents were, were, were wonderful. I, I have nothing but, but great things to say about them, except, you know, the sort of the, that I lost them too soon. I was about 30 years old when they, they both passed away independent or, you know, separate from each other for, for different reasons. Um, and I sure wish, you know, I had been, uh, let's say, mature enough to have a conversation like we're having right now. But I just wasn't. I just wasn't <laughs> back then. And I'm sure many people can can relate. I'm sure there's people that are in their their 50s and 60s that have lost their parents and 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 wish they had had a stronger relationship. So no regrets. Just looking at at you know the opportunity and the and the learning um, that I had from from that from my you know, my experience with them as, as my parents. I appreciate the sharing and uh, the message there is to have the importance of having a future that calls to you and inspires you. So <clears throat> thank you for sharing that. So, so Jim, um, I know that you're also a pilot. Is that true? <laughs> yes, that's true. Yes. That's, How did uh, that come about? Were you always fascinated by uh, flying or? Yeah, I, um, I used to dream when I was very young about being able to fly under my own power. And <laughs> I know others that have had a dream like that as well. And it's just something that I've, that I've always dreamed about. There's some aspect of, of, of freedom, I guess, or, or, you know, and then, and then at one point when I was young, I, I got to ride in a, uh, in a small airplane and, and knew that it was just going to be a matter of time before, uh, before that happened. And, and I finally, when I was, I think, 34 years old, finally got off my butt and, and made something happen there. And it it was really a, a, a remarkable learning and, and growing experience for me. There's, you know, here's what it's like. I hope this communicates. But we live, we live life on this planet in mostly a two-dimensional space, mm. you know, uh, north, south, east, west, left, right. Um, and when you're in the air, there's that third dimension that provides a perspective on our world that is just, I don't know how to describe it other than, you know, it, it, it brings everything together, I guess. And, you know, it's nothing like, uh, you know, if you've ever heard what astronauts have said about how humble they are about looking back at the planet and it's a life-changing experience. I, you know, I won't equate it to that, but there's some sense of, wow, l look at what this other dimension provides. You know, I, I think there's probably parallels to that in in the coaching as well. It's seeing something from a from another perspective, from another point of view. You know, to rise up above the mountains that surround you. And I've always, uh, nearly always, lived in a place that was ringed by mountains. And rising up above those mountains and seeing what's beyond, you know, the valley beyond, the ocean beyond, the landscape beyond, and just like 
yeah, it's it's hard to describe other than other than awe, you know, other than the, the connectedness of it all. That is so beautiful, and I I totally uh, understand uh, what you're referring to is the angle of vision changes, and with that uh, you can see possibilities that previously could have been hidden from mm-hmm. your point of view, and that's so great. Uh, I I must also add for the benefit of the audience that Jim is all has led a community leadership program uh, administered by CSU in San Marcos. He started a TEDx in uh, in Temecula, a locally organized TED event, and also started a Toastmasters club, and was recently elected president of the Temecula Valley Symphony. And what fascinates me, Jim, is I'm going to ask you this: You recently even emceed a fashion show. Tell us about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, those last two things, the symphony and the, and the fashion show, uh, you know, those were not, uh, you know, when you look out at, you know, your sort of your default future, that was not anywhere near, neither one of those were anywhere near my, de- my default future. And, and neither was, was the TEDx, leader, uh, TEDx event or the leadership program for Cal State San Marcos. You know, they really they really showed up out of uh, well, let's see. I, I really guess I can't put them all in the same thing. So I'll address your question about about the fashion show. Um, that really occurred out of really a, a relationship, you know, a partnership that I had created uh, with uh, with another uh, business leader in in the community. Uh, we were co- we were uh, we are in partnership in in a couple of different ways. One is with with TEDx Temecula. One is in a nonprofit that that she operates out of which the fashion show became uh, was was manifested was was realized. And and what she's what she's working on doing is creating a fashion industry in our own community. Now. My paradigm, if you will, is well. That's that's weird, you know, or that's that's ridiculous. I'm like, you know, as a scientist, I'm like the furthest thing from fashion that that you could imagine. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be happy wearing a uniform every day, so I didn't have to think about what I was going to wear. And and if you looked in my closet, you'd say, well, you are wearing a uniform because everything you have looks pretty much the same. Um, and and there I was. Uh, a little bit prior to the actual fashion show itself, and I got a real education on what modeling is and what fashion is, and it, it kind of blew my mind in a way to look at these um, these models and how they blend with what they're wearing as a like a work of art, mm. and I hadn't I had not seen that. Before I had not even been interested in seeing that before, but there it was, you know, that, that grabbed hold of me, and and I I just got an appreciation for something I didn't know was appreciatable, if that <laughs> that's the word, uh, you know. And then the next thing I know, it's like, well, you know, we need we need some help. Can you can you MC this event? And I thought, well, um, that's a daring adventure. <laughs> 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 to, to to put myself on a, on a stage and you know I, I you know I guess my my idol or model for a great MC is Billy Crystal when he used to do the the Oscars mm. you know and how he would ad lib and 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 play off of 
what was happening. And, and that was, you know, my, my kind of like, wouldn't that be great to, you know, to really entertain the audience uh, from something that I know nothing about. I wonder how this is going to go. My curiosity <laughs> kicked in, right? <laughs> yes, that's great. <laughs> okay, let's do this. <laughs> so I take it everything went well? <laughs> well, I, you know, some people came up to me afterwards and said, you did a great job. And I said, okay, thank you. I'll take that. <laughs> and I didn't question. <laughs> no, that's that's so uh, commendable on your part to uh, take on that uh, as one of the projects. And one of the uh, and I've I've been fortunate enough to kind of make forays into uh, certain uh, arts and culture over the last few years, mm-hmm. uh, specifically like dancing and uh, organizing fundraising events uh, for nonprofits related to culture and music. Mm-hmm. And uh, I do have an opportunity coming up here uh, that I was invited to MC for a fusion dance and uh, Asian fusion dance and uh, Mediterranean uh, fusion dance in uh, Seattle, which is going to have some of the world's best artists and musicians performing. And that's going to be really a great opportunity. I'm looking forward to it. So, Oh, that's fantastic. Good for you. Congratulations oh, on that. Thank you. Thank that's, you. That's an area that I, I still don't think I would go. <laughs> it's dancing. But you know, life is a daring adventure. <laughs> I, I, I think, yes, I'm going to keep reciting that until I'm done with my show. <laughs> well, that's great. That's so great. Uh, one question do I do have for you uh, before we jump into the next segment is, having gone through the ebb and flow of life, what's your definition of success? Mm. How would you define greatness? My definition of success, yeah, that's um, that's a good one. That's a good one. Um, I, I'm gonna have to, to to like dig in for that. Um, you know, my kind of my first response is, well, I'll I'll let you know when I get there, right? You know? <laughs> <laughs> but I think you know, really, given what I've, what my life has been like what my life has been about for the last 15 20 years since I really you know turned the corner on that and and started creating you know the life that I want it it really is I guess you know when I look at the successes uh, that I've had and the success that I look forward to it's really I, I don't know how to say it without making it sound too too trite but it's, it's really having made a contribution, having made a difference. Um, you know, there is, you know, like you've, and it's not from a place of ego, but a place that you go, a place that you, you say, you know, my contribution made a difference there. You know, because I was part of that, because I, uh, you know, whether you were part of it, whether you began it, whether you offered, you know, some advice, whatever that, that looks like that, that you can, that you can then see yourself as part of that success. Hmm. That's, you know, that, that's the fulfilling part. I mean, there's the numerical value of success, right? The, you know, the money you, you put in the bank, but people pay you to provide the value that you provide to them. Um, but, but to me, it's, it's really, it goes beyond that because, you know, money comes and goes, but the successes that I remember are the experiences 
of having made a contribution, having made a difference for someone, um, yeah, typically for someone or some many. No, I like that, and it's uh, totally agree with you as far as it's about really about making a difference, and I, I like that quote about, uh, you know, making the universe uh, better than you found it. Uh, mm. I believe it goes something like that, but it's really about uh, leaving the place better than you found it, essentially, and I I think that's, I totally agree with that. So moving on to our next section, uh, Jim, uh, these are some of the questions that we have received from our audiences, and I would like to ask you a few of them here. So the first question uh, is, uh, what stops people, in your view, from achieving their fullest potential? Oh, that's easy, fear. (laughs) (laughs) But it's not that simple, right? So it's, you know, it's fear of. Um, you know, I work with a lot of people who say, oh, fear of failure. Oh, fear of rejection. But those aren't really it. So this is where the digging beneath the surface comes in, right? So it's, and, 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 and for myself, years ago, I would say, well, I'm not really afraid of anything. Like fear isn't part of my life, but I, I didn't allow myself to experience fear. And what I mean by that is, well, when I when I got that, and that was kind of fairly recently, you know, that I wasn't allowing myself to experience fear. I wasn't allowing myself to be uncomfortable. I was afraid of being uncomfortable. I was afraid of being afraid. And it's really easy to dismiss that and how I would approach it when something risky would come along, I'd say, nah, I'm not interested, right? That's just not, and that's just not, not for me. So I wasn't allowing myself to, to do the daring adventure. I wasn't allowing myself to face, um, to face the fear. Um, so it's, you know, the, the, the simple, the short answer is, is it's fear. It's, it's fear that, that stops us. I mean, really what, else is there other than and so let me go a little bit further into fear of you know for me the the biggest fear for me um and and i'll admit it it shows up from time to time still it's fear of embarrassment you know when i look back on the worst experiences of my life were the times that i was uh i was ashamed you know i had done something or or didn't do something that I should have done and all eyes were on me and I felt, you know, my, my, my face got all red and flushed and, and it was just the most uncomfortable experience. It was an experience that I learned I never want to have that experience again. So I'm not going to put myself in situations where that's uh, where that's going to happen. But I think each of us has an, ex- has a, uh, an expression of that. It's I don't want to be uncomfortable. And it comes down to, I think, I don't want to be uncomfortable. And, and when we really get well, what do I? What would I rather have? Comfort or results? What would I really have? Comfort or uh, you know the woman of my dreams? You know, I, I love to use the analogy of you know. There's probably nothing uh, riskier to a man's identity, and and I know I'm. I mean, this may sound sexist, but and and or you know, if a woman who's asking for that 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 big question, will you marry me or will you be my you know, my life partner, you know, the, the risk there is huge. You know, what if she says no? 
Hmm. I, you know, that whole future that I had in mind for myself is, is kaput. It's gone. Well, why do we put ourselves through that? Well, it's because that future that we see is worth taking that is worth taking that risk because we can't we can't be with ourselves if we don't ask that question. So um, so that I'm sort of answering how to overcome how to overcome the fear. But but I think that's that's really what is if we're honest with ourselves, uh, we'll look and, and just say, well, what if what is it that I could possibly be afraid of that would have me not take that action or not? commit to that, uh, to that opportunity, perhaps. It's, it really is looking and seeing, is it, is it fear? And if it's, if it's not, um, you know, then maybe it's just not in, not in alignment with your values. Mm, that's so great. Um, the next question, uh, Jim, is uh, what is uh, one book that you've read and reread or gifted it to uh, people in your life or any favorite workshop or seminar that you would like to recommend for our audience? Sure. Well, you mentioned the three laws of performance. That's a book that I use uh, in in my coach uh, in my coaching as sort of supplemental reading. It parallels much of the work that um, that I do. Um, uh, and I also mentioned I mentioned the landmark form earlier. That really uh, created a huge shift for me in my life. Uh, you know, a book that I read recently that has had a profound impact on me. Very recently, I started reading it in May. Uh, well, and you know, listening is the new reading, right? So it's an audio book, an audible. Um, and it's an older book. It's called Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance. So Robert Bursig, I love that book. Yeah. Did you read it? Okay. Yeah. I, I had heard the title. I think it was written in 1974. I heard the title and I thought, you know, why would I want to know anything about motorcycle maintenance? I don't own a motorcycle. But um, I read it and, oh, my gosh, did it have, um, have a profound impact on me. Um, and, and I reread it, uh, you know, as soon as I finished it, I had to start it over again. And I, and I just finished uh, recently the second, uh, the second pass through it. And I am so looking for somebody to have a dialogue with about what they discovered from that, uh, from that book. And so just, just briefly, um, I don't, I don't even know how to talk about the book with this because there's so many different, uh, different elements too. But one of the applications of it for me uh, was on my uh, camping trip I went on a couple of weeks ago or a weekend before last with a bunch of my college buddies. And and I got to see um, in a couple of the individuals that uh, that were there, there were there were eight of us, all guys that we went to college together, you know, like 35 years ago. And we, we go camping every year uh, together at this same spot. And we kind of all turn into 20-year-olds again. It's, it's rather fun. <laughs> and uh, But I wouldn't share any of it with you because it's not... I would say it's not appropriate, but it's silly, right? It's <laughs> stuff guys do, right? Yeah. Anyway, um, um, so I got to I got to relate to, or perhaps understand, um, a couple of people in a way that I hadn't really understood them before from having from having read uh, read that book without going into you know the, the the classical understanding and the romantic understanding. I'm a very classical understanding kind of guy, um, and I was able to understand the more romantic. Um, version um, of humanity in a, in a new way that was was very profound. Mm. So for the audience, we'll include that title of the book in our show notes. Uh, so the next question, Jim, for you is: uh, If people are looking at improving their productivity and performances, what uh, small step or actions they can start taking immediately that can give them a make a big difference for their uh, time or effort? 
great, great question. I uh, one of the fundamental foundational elements that I find that people don't do to the degree that I thought they would be when I when I started. It's really it's as simple as using a planner. Mm. Uh, and using it in a way that supports what you're up to. I mean, you know, there's putting appointments in there, uh, but really anything that you commit to doing, you ought to you that that you make a promise about ought to be in your in your calendar. And and this is sort of the mindset around that. And I, I recommend people do it do it this way: is that. Uh, on some time between Friday noon and Monday noon, I, I like Sunday, uh, take a look at what you have going on in the upcoming two weeks and, and block out all of the appointments that you have. Look at your projects, look at your goals, and look at what are the steps that are required to accomplish those objectives and get those into your calendar. I say that when you're when you're doing this, when you're doing the, the planning process, you're in your right mind, right? You're not in the heat of battle. When you're in, when you're engaged in your week, you're kind of in the heat of battle, and you're you know you're 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 getting unexpected things happening, and 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 people are upset, or you're upset, and all kinds of stuff is happening. You're like like a like the battlefield. I don't make it sound negative, but it's you know, and and so that's not a really good place, oftentimes. To be making your decisions about what to do next. Yeah, I agree. Yes, because you're going to be you're going to be swayed by how you feel, rather than by what you've given your word to, by what you're committed to. So, using a calendar, and and if you're currently doing that, like taking it to the next level, like having you know, having virtually everything scheduled out, so that you don't have to make any decisions in the heat of battle about what to do next. Now. I include buffer time, you know, include your downtime, your family time, your your meditation time, your exercise time, all, all of that. And I know people will say, well, I don't want to be I don't want to be ruled by my, my my calendar. Well, if you're not going to be ruled by your word, then you're going to be ruled by your by what you feel like doing. And, you know, again, I, I, I realize this may this may sound um, like heavy handed, but try it out. You know, really get that, you know, if you want, like, what you're committed to having happen, especially if you're up to playing a big game or having a daring adventure, you know, it's going to take something. It's going to take, you know, that extra little bit, and that extra little bit really might just be thinking things through, planning your upcoming two weeks out. And what that does, what the planning process does as well, is it sets a framework down in your mind. I think of it as like laying tracks for a railroad, right? It lays down the tracks of what your future is going to look like. You've already envisioned how that future is going to go. And so the likelihood of it actually going that way, going back to creating your future and self and the uh, you know self-fulfilling prophecy, the likelihood of having it go the way you say it's going to go is creating that that either that visualization or that representation in your mind of all right, this is what my you know, this is what I have planned. This is what my next couple of weeks or however, whatever horizon you use is is going to look like. So it's a it's a simple thing. And I think its power is underestimated. So that's what I would advise people to, to do to increase their productivity right now. It's a simple thing and it has profound effects. 
I I couldn't agree more, and I strongly uh, I had noticed it in my own life that having uh, integrity with my calendar and ensuring that I honor what's on my calendar, and if I'm not able to do it, then renegotiating uh, my appointments so to make mm-hmm. sure that I commit to them, and I think that's made such a great uh, performance uh, impact as far as uh, having productivity and achieving all my results and things of that nature. So, yeah, thanks for the reminder and thanks for sharing. Yeah, uh, one of the, for sharing that with me. Yeah, one other question uh, is, this is a hypothetical question, Jim, and if we, could, if we had a time machine and if you could go back in time and talk to your younger self, maybe a 25-year-old Jim, what advice would you give him? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, um I don't know. It wouldn't probably wouldn't have made any difference because I wouldn't have listened. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, gosh. Yeah, you know, what would I have told my 25 year old self? Um, you know that it that's difficult because you know there are there have been many times in my life. Um, and I've, I've shared a couple of them where things haven't gone the way that I wanted them to, or, or my experience of life at the time was was miserable, or the, my experience of my future was was misery, and so my experience in the moment was was misery. Um, you know, there's nothing that happened that I'm not in a way grateful for for it happening, and not that I would recommend people be miserable. <laughs> <laughs> But it's difficult to go back and say, like, avoid this or avoid that or do this or, or, or do that. I mean, it would, it would be more of a, you know, a message of just, you know, like, in, in, enjoy the ride, you know, and in, in, enjoy it. You have no idea uh, how it's going to play out. And, and there's just it's, it's kind of going back to that quote, you know, don't don't lose your enthusiasm um, you know, when, when what you might characterize as a failure, um, and I loved what you said about, about that earlier. I, I'm very much a, uh, a, a fan of or an advocate of there are no failures. There are no mistakes. There's just, there's just outcomes. Yes. You know, there's either the outcome that you wanted or it's, it's not the outcome that you wanted. And then, 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 you know, then we have all the baggage that we attach to it about failure or mistakes or you know all that all that kind of stuff but it, so it would really be it would really be do what you can you know find those and grab on to uh, the the sources of enthusiasm from you know just constant or, or continual gratitude for everything that you that you have because um, yeah that that's just that's just it a message of gratitude of hope of of, of grabbing on to, to enthusiasm because I don't, you know, I don't, I don't have any, I don't have any uh, thing to say like, you know, don't make this mistake or, or don't, don't do any of that because everything has been, uh, has resulted in something um, prof- profoundly wonderful on the other side of it. Yes. I, that's so inspiring. And thank you for sharing. And it's, it also comes down to like looking at it another way is uh, for me, particularly that's made a difference has been, but life is a journey and not a destination. So enjoy the ride mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, gain as many uh, experiences, skills and build relationships along the way. So so that's that's really awesome. Yeah. So 
Yeah, absolutely. And having spent much of my life doing that risk avoidance thing, you know, I, I it, sometimes it's like, well, I got some catching up to do because <laughs> I didn't expose myself to, 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 to much of that daring adventure in the past. And you're definitely taking steps in that direction for sure. I'm <laughs> seeing a fashion show and uh, a symphony and that's great. So, uh, Jim, moving on to our next section, it's called the rapid fire round question. Hopefully. And here I'm going to ask you uh, uh, a set of questions and it's the first response that comes to mind. Uh, but if you uh, certainly if you feel you want to elaborate on it, feel free to do so. But again, it's a rapid fire round. So, okay. Jim, are you ready? I'm ready. All right. So the first question, Jim, for you is whose brain would you like to pick? Oh my gosh, whose brain would I like to pick? Um, I would have to <laughs> I would have to say Donald Trump. <laughs> I want to know what's going on in there. Now, I don't mean this politically. I just, you know, I, I'm 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 a kind of guy that tries to stay away from the news because I don't know what to believe, but he's certainly got something different going on in there and I I'd, I'd love to pick that brain <laughs> and understand it a little bit more. <laughs> So the second question for you is, uh, if you could be successful in another profession, which would you choose? Mm -hmm. You know, I used to have a hard time answering that question, and it, and it struck me. And, and it's, um, it's being a movie director. Mm -hmm. I, I was watching one of those, uh, those, those, you know, the DVDs that have the, the director dialogue over the top of the movie and, and, and talking about what they did and how they did that and and, and I just got fascinated. It's like, what a wonderful project uh, a film is and a movie and having that that team of talented people working towards creating a, you know, a, realizing a vision and, and, and making something. So it would be directing movies would be what I would, uh, uh, yeah, what I would love to, to have done. Or, and, and well, maybe I still can. That's so great. <laughs> I like that. And uh, if God exists, can she be trusted? Yeah. <laughs> uh, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, and the follow-up to that is, if you could ask God one question, what would that be? <laughs> I do this every day, uh, <laughs> practically. Um, so, trusted, yes. I'm, I'm, you know, I, my my relationship with 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 God is kind of like. Do you remember the old TV commercials? Uh, I think it was a margarine commercial. It's not nice to fool Mother Nature. Uh, I don't know if you remember that was that was a while back, but but you know, sort of Mother Nature is and, and you know, being a scientist, it's 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 kind of like you know the rules of nature are to be trusted. You know, the the the, the life works. You know, and 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 all everything has a rhythm to it, and you may fight that rhythm sometimes, but it's to be trusted. And and when you go against your nature, when you go against it, 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 it that's when things get get sketchy. And the question that I that I that I laughed about that I ask all the time, and if I could you know, ask God, it would be, "What do I do now?" Because <laughs> it's a question that comes up in my in my you know my moments of 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 confusion or lack of clarity. It's like, "Well, what do I do now? What do I?" <laughs> so if I had somebody that could answer that question for me, an all knowing uh, power that could answer that question, I'd be so happy. <laughs> Fair enough. That's so great. So uh, the final question in the rapid fire round segment here is: uh, If you could have any message of your choice on a billboard, what would that be? Oh, uh, <laughs> it would be um, wake up. 
you know, there's the, even in the, the moment I was, I was just describing, you know, it's like, wake up. What, what is there to do? I just wake up, you know, snap out of it. Uh, uh, wake up and recognize like, like life, like the, the, the glory of, of, of life, the glory of the moment of what you have and, and, of, and of what you're really, what you're really up to, what you really, uh, you know, we all have a mission uh, in life, whether we've discovered it or not. And I've talked to enough people uh, about this that that we all know it, we all feel it, we all say it. I just I just want to make a difference, right? It's like we're wired that way. And and then the, the follow-up to that is, how do you want to make that difference? What is it? How do you want that to show up? And I, I think we all do that in the careers that we choose and the in, in the way that we go about that. So, um, and I know that's getting a little off the topic a little bit, but that's just kind of where it took me. But it's it's really you know like 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 wake up. It's that you know that uh, you know it, it sort of comes from a, you know, the path to enlightenment, I guess. But but recognize what's going on. Recognize what so much of what we what we experience is is that default or that 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 treadmill. You know, one of my one of my taglines is get off the treadmill and go somewhere. And so much of what we do is has a treadmill experience to it. But when we're really up to going somewhere, that's when that's when life happens. That's when uh, when the miracles happen and when the when the unexpected, the surprises happen. And that's what really lights us up. That's so beautifully stated, and it uh, kind of reminds me of that story from uh, Siddhartha or the Buddha that uh, after he was uh, enlightened and he was traveling through uh, some villages and, and he had this glow and radiance on his face. So people would stop him and ask him, like, are you a saint? And he would say, no. And are you an angel? He would say, no. Are you God? And he would say, no. Then, you know, who are you? And he would say, I'm awake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. That's, uh, that's so great that you uh, mentioned that. So, um, the final uh, section here is uh, the wrap-up section, and I would like to uh, start off this section by asking you, Jim, is what is your current personal passion project, and uh, what are you looking forward to over the next six months to a year? Okay. Well, the first thing that comes to mind is, you mentioned it a couple times, is this, this project with the Temecula Valley Symphony. Now, I know you're thinking, well, it's not really very much of a personal project. Well, it kind of is because it's, well, in, in a sense, it's, you know, it's, it's, vol- it's volunteer work for me. It started out as a consulting with them, but it's, it's such an unknown. And, and why, I'm, why I'm excited about it is because, is because the, the, the potential, going back to using that word, that word again, the, the possibilities. This is a, an organization that's been around for a long time, for something like 23 years. And in our neck of the woods, that is a long time. Uh, and it's, it's, it's underappreciated. And, and what I mean by that is very few people, very few people know that, that it exists. And part of it is, well, who goes to you know classical music concerts anymore? But but there's this whole possibility of you know re re-energizing, reintroducing uh, a, a a type of live musical performance, in, you know, that includes what upwards of seventy people playing together to create something that is just you know, brings tears to your eyes that, that creates an experience that we just don't see that much. 
you know, in our, especially when, you know, in our, 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 well, you know, your YouTube video can't be longer than, than three minutes or, you know, your soundbite has to be 30 seconds and just the kind of lifestyle that we have now to, to bring something like that to the, you know, to the, to the forefront, to, to make it into, you know, to take it to the next level, to use a, a shorthand way of, of saying that. So that's, that's a big part of it for me. Um, to go even more personal, you know, so much of it really revolves around my, my, my family and my, you know, my two teenage sons. My, my oldest is currently working on his Eagle Scout project and, you know, he's going to be an Eagle Scout here in the next few months. And, and I do very little to support that other than, you know, give him what he needs. He's, he's very much, I'm very proud of what he's been able to accomplish on that. My younger son has really gotten into, to lacrosse. We're going to a tournament. Um, this weekend, he and I, while while uh, his mother and my other son are going off to a, a scouting adventure together, so so much of of my my personal life is really devoted to uh, having my sons be, um, you know, the best that they can be, if you will, to 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 have them be people who contribute um, to to their communities, to 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 the world, and you know, on and on from from there. That's so great. Uh, so, Jim, the next question I have for you is: uh, What are three things that you're grateful for in life today? Oh, well, I, I got to dovetail right into that. You know, my wife, um, my kids, and and certainly my health. You know, I, I had heard recently. Uh, you know, people people who have their health want many things. People that don't have their health want one thing. Hmm. That's that's so great, so profound. I like that. Uh, is there anything that I have not asked you, Jim, that you would like to share with our audience? Oh my gosh! It seems like we've gone <laughs> we've gone all <laughs> over the place. This has been so wonderful. I've, I've, I've things have been uncovered in our conversations that that I didn't even know um, that I didn't even know were there. Um, not you know nothing nothing comes to mind. This has been a great journey. Thank you so much for saying that. And uh, how can people uh, reach you, Jim? Um, okay, so uh, my uh, my website is jamesrmclaughlin.com. James R. McLaughlin is my author name. I haven't yet written a book, but that's my, my author name. I go by Jim. Uh, <laughs> but from years and years of signing my name uh, as a professional geologist, uh, James R. was just always there. But so it's jamesrmclaughlin.com. What that does is it takes you to my profile page on, on uh, the company that I work for, which is or that I'm actually a partner in now is morrisonmcnab.com uh, is the other part of that. But if you can remember jamesrmclaughlin.com, that'll get you right to right to me. And on that page is my phone number, my email, uh, my email address as well. And they can also connect with you on social media. I know that you have a very, uh, oh, yes. uh, fantastic um, uh, Facebook group called uh, Courage and Confidence and Results, I believe, on Facebook. Yeah, actually, you know, that's a Facebook group that's only that, that I have for my for people that have been clients of mine. Hmm. So you you have access to that, and because you know, as you know, when when you've worked with somebody or you work in a field of study, there are conversations you can have with them that you can't have with. Uh, with people that haven't been exposed to that, you know, like a doctor, you know, he can have a conversation with other doctors that he can't have with the general public because there's a there's a nomenclature. Right. There's a conversational domain. Uh, but I do have a I do have a Facebook page uh, for that that uh, is also linkable from my from my website. So my LinkedIn profile is available there. My my Facebook 
uh, page and profile are linkable from from that same jamesrmclaughlin.com. And I, I, I'd love to interact with with anybody who is curious from this conversation uh, to to, um, to to develop any of those um, those other areas more fully. That's so great, and and for the audience's benefit, we'll include all his links on our show notes uh, so that uh, we can get in touch with uh, Jim. So, Jim, I would like to acknowledge you for a few things. Uh, One, for really allowing failure to be used as a stepping stone and not losing the enthusiasm uh, starting off on your journey of life and, and really developing those skills that are so important in today's day and age, like listening and looking underneath and beneath the surface and listening for the unsaid within the communication and really helping people with your coaching practice to create a future that they are inspired by and to literally help them wake up to possibilities that they may have not seen for themselves. And and the kind of community work and volunteer work that you do in your local community is also so inspiring. So, And uh, really being a role model for living uh, a life of integrity and uh, and family values that is such a... Such an inspirational uh, journey that you have led that uh, it's uh, such a role model for all of us that follow you and learn from you and admire you and uh, your leadership capacity. So thank you for that. Akash, well, thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm humbled hearing those words from you and, and, and I can own it as well. So, so thank you very much. And the final question, and this is how we wrap our interview, and this is uh, the question is, Jim, why do you think people should listen to the wisdom of friends oh wow um, so I've seen and and listened to some of the uh, the podcasts that that, that you have uh, they you have put up and and in looking at this this conversation as I was mentioning it's 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 gone all over the place <laughs> what comes up for me is it's kind of like a box of chocolates you, you never know what you're gonna get. <laughs> <laughs> and it's all good, right? This, this isn't this isn't what you've created here, and what you've provided an opportunity for, at least for me, is to is to have something new show up and something something wonderful show up. I hope your audience uh, feels that way or has had that experience at least at least once or twice in our conversation. And if not, check out some of the other uh, some of the other podcasts because you certainly will. So. Uh, I know that sounds kind of silly and Forrest Gumpish, but but that's just that's how it is. that's how it occurs for me. Well, thank you for saying that, and mm-hmm. I truly uh, appreciate uh, your time and candid answers. This uh, was a fascinating conversation, as I expected it to be, and uh, perhaps uh, well, we might ha- have you back for round two. What do you think? Oh, I would love that. Oh, wow! I didn't know there was a round two a possibility. So <laughs> count me in. Yes, definitely. And so I appreciate your time and uh, enjoyed our conversation. And for those of us listening, with that, we'll wrap it up. And if you like what you heard, uh, please share. Don't be shy. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Wisdom of Friends show with Cal Aras. If you like what you just heard, we hope you'll pass along our web address, theglobalcontribution.com. To your friends and colleagues, be sure to check out our archive section on our website for previous episodes. This has been a Seven Symphonies production. Join us next time for another edition of the Wisdom of Friends.